Hello and welcome to this message from the room. We hope that this message from Pastor Billy Pate inspires and challenges you towards a greater relationship with Jesus Christ. Now let's join Pastor Billy Pate for another exciting message. You say come to the have your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me to Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter 37. That is where we're going to be focused this morning, Ezekiel chapter 37. As you know, uh, as you well know, over the course of the last several weeks and leading up to the election that we have spent a great deal of time praying that we have spent a great deal of time with emphasis on what God is possibly trying to do with the church on the backside of something that really um, changes the dynamic uh, of the country. And we're asking God, not, not, we're not concerned with who's in the office, but we're concerned with the church's response to the opportunities that God gives as those transitions take place. Anytime there's a transition in such a prominent role of leadership, regardless of whether that's in the household or all the way up to the nation, uh, each transition ushers in a new era. Each transition ushers in an opportunity. It ushers in change. It ushers in possibilities for the church. And it is incumbent upon us as the church, it is important that we spend time seeking God, that we spend time praying, that we spend time asking God what He wants from us as a church moving forward into this new era. What I'm going to say is what I would have said to you regardless of the outcome of this election. And you know that that's true because I've been saying it prior. And the number one thing that everybody in the room has to know and has to understand, that God is in control. God is in control. Whether your candidate won or whether your candidate lost, God is still in control this morning. And He's the one that we look to because this is why. We believe in the sovereignty of God We believe in the superintending power of God, the overarching uh, power and the authority of God to accomplish His goals through whatever means He chooses. And we believe as the church that we have a part in God's agenda being fulfilled on this earth. You may not understand it today. You may even be frustrated over it today. But nevertheless, we stand secured in the fact That God is in control and He has a plan. He has a plan. The key for the church is always threefold and it would be no matter who occupies the White House. That it is the goal of the church to discover the plan of God for the church. We have to seek that. We have to discover that. We have to listen to what God is saying. We have to connect with that. And then we have to advance forward with God's agenda. It has always been the purpose of the church to discover the plan of God and then advance with the plan of God. It has always been the purpose of the church to find out what God is doing on the earth and connect with that activity and get moving into accomplishing the kingdom of God being established on this earth. The only way the kingdom of God is established on this church is if or on this earth is if the church chooses to release that kingdom on the earth. Amen. And then finally, it is important that the body 
of Christ is unified in that endeavor. Whatever has happened has happened. Now you've got to come together behind a purpose and a plan of God and move forward as one body to accomplish His will in this earth. So my first challenge for you this morning is that we have to move on in a united purpose for this season. Move on in a united purpose for this season. We see all across our country the disunity and the dysfunction and the chaos that is taking place because some didn't get their way and some that got their way don't know how to handle it. Let me just get on a soapbox here for a minute. If yours lost, you need to move on. If yours won, you need to show a little grace and humility. Well, I am sick of seeing people being arrogant and hateful concerning the outcome of this. And I'm also sick of people whining and complaining and crying like it's the end of the world. God was on the throne before November the 8th, and guess what? He's still on the throne today. The church was still the entity that established God's kingdom on this earth before the election, and it's still the entity that establishes God's kingdom on the earth after the election. Nothing has changed that. And so let's move on. And as I've been thinking about this season, I believe that it is a dawn of a new season for the church. Obviously, through transition, there's always a dawn of a new season. And we intend to recognize the season and we intend to discover the opportunity for the church that is now open to us in this season. And as I've been thinking about this and praying about this and trying to hear from God concerning, what I keep hearing is let the church arise. What I keep hearing is let the church arise. Let the church move in the power and the authority that God has given it to move in. And that's this morning, this is what I want to preach to you, is let the church arise. Will you, let me, will you help me pray? Father, we thank you for the anointing of God that's in this room. I pray that, Lord, you break down every barrier, you break down every wall, you break down every, uh, with any, anything that would withstand the presence and power of God operating freely in this, in this room today. I pray, God, that the, the Holy Spirit be loosed in this house and that you are able to speak to the very heart, mind, soul, and the deep depths of the people that are sitting in this room. God, this is the church. This is part of your remnant church. This is a part of the church that is moving forward in the plan of God. And I ask that, Father, today you would bring us together in unity of one mind and one accord and that we would rise in the power and authority of Christ and do what you have called us to do. We pray, Lord, your blessing upon this message this morning. Help me to have clarity and communication. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And I believe that what God has given us is a unique opportunity to advance the kingdom of God on this earth. I think that with the election that has happened, with Donald Trump becoming president, one thing that is a fact is that the spirit of political correctness has been wrecked in our society. The spirit of political correctness has been wrecked in our society. And what that spirit of political correctness has done prior to it being wrecked, it has served as an enforcer. It has served as an enforcer that has allowed spiritual darkness and decline in morality to invade the culture. What it has done is it has served as a bully to beat down people to not speak truth 
and not declare the right things that should have been declared. It is something that has put us in our place, so to speak, and it has beat us down to where truth is not proclaimed in our society anymore because you can't offend someone, you've got to be tolerant, and you've got to all... It's been wrecked. And what that does is that gives the church an opportunity to speak truth, but to speak truth in love. Some of you that have been Facebook gloating and acting the way you've been acting on Facebook need to step back and take a humble pill and realize that truth declared without love is a bad tasting item. The Bible tells us, taste and see that the Lord is good. And so we've got to be careful about the way we express those things. What's happened in the past is when the church has tried to stand for morality and values. Political correctness has tried to beat it into submission. And now that that is broken, and with that spirit broken, the church must arise. The church must speak. The church must influence cultural changes. The church must uh, speak to shifts that have to take place and create new culture that will usher in spiritual awakening in our country. I believe that it is decision time for the church. I believe it is decision time for the church. Either we are going to shape culture or we are going to allow culture to shape us. And for too long, the church has allowed culture to shape it and to beat it into conformity and to control what it says and to dictate truth that is spoken. But I'm challenging you this morning as the pastor of this church to let the church rise in you today. I'm talking about loving your neighbor. I'm talking about sharing the gospel. But I'm talking about being unhindered in declaring the truth of God's Word. We are called to be the influencer. Not the influenced. I said we're called to be the influencers. Not the influenced. We are not called to conform to the pattern of this world. But we are called to form the patterns of this world. We are called to shift the culture. To change the culture. To build foundation of faith back into our nation. The church must arise and the church must be actively engaged in society at a high level. Next week I'm going to preach to you about how. Today I'm just going to preach to you about what. And so next week you need to be here because I'm going to tell you how we can infiltrate culture and how we can make shifts in culture that establish godly values and godly principles around our city. Ezekiel 37 gives us a great picture of transition that the church finds itself in today. I believe it is a great picture of where we stand today. Ezekiel, let me just give you a little background. He was a son of a priest and he himself was a priest as well. And uh, God is also calling him to be a prophet. Ezekiel trained under the Levitical laws and rituals as well as the temple and its rituals. So he understands the church. Hear that. He understands how the church operates. But like most Jews, Ezekiel has been taken captive and relocated to the Babylonian province of Tel Aviv. And so he has been taken captive. He has been taken out of his 
environment that he is accustomed to and he is finding himself in a foreign land and around a foreign culture with foreign ideas prevailing around his life. He's also a contemporary. Now, what I mean by that, at the same time, Ezekiel is prophesying in Babylon. You have Jeremiah prophesying. You have also Daniel who has uh, the voice and the ear of the king. And so you have all of these three people that God is using all over different places to say the same thing. We are living in a season where God is using people all over to say the same thing. You've got to tune your ear today. You've got to listen to what the Lord is speaking through honest and true prophets of God for this season. Three different people, exact same message, hundred miles, hundreds of miles apart. And I think, again, it clearly speaks to the sovereignty of God. And so Ezekiel finds himself, young people, listen, at the age of approximately 17, removed from all that he had grown up knowing in the midst of Babylon, with a message from the Lord pressing him to be a prophet when he had only known how to be a priest. What does that say to us? I think it says that the things that we've known may not be sufficient for where God's trying to take us in the future. And so there may be a shift in your own personal life that, that is important for God to use you in this new season, in this new era that he's, that he's moving us into. I think also it tells us that Ezekiel again had been taken captive and relocated to Babylon. The church is living in Babylon today. We're, we have departed as a nation from Christian values and, and Christian foundation. We have, we have been taken captive, if you will, by the enemy. And it is important for us that we begin to establish new bulkheads, new, new, new places where we can begin to promote and share the gospel and reestablish the foundation of Christ in our country. Let me tell you also this, that God doesn't only work in Israel, He also works in Babylon. God doesn't only work in Israel. See, He also works in Babylon. And just like God doesn't only work in the church, just like that God doesn't only work in the church, He also works among the lost, and He also works with the lost. History tells us the Babylonians had settled the Jewish exiles in this region in order to colonize them. And over the last several years, what has happened in our country is the enemy has made a great attempt to colonize us. He has tried to beat us down with political correctness in order to force us to accept His immoral agenda. But what the enemy fails to see and what the enemy fails to understand is that there is a church. That there is a true church. That there is a church that is God-led, Spirit-directed, that will not beat down be beat down, it will not be sold out, and it will not be compromised into conformity. You are a part of that church this morning. You are a part of that church today. And if you're hearing this message, then I've come to tell you today that if you're hearing this word this morning, that you are part of the resistance today. You are a part of the church that will not go silently into conformity, but will stand and declare and say, this is the word of the Lord, this is the plan of God, and we're not changing our minds about that. So now let's look at our verse. Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 1. 
The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out into the Spirit of the Lord. And he set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. And then he caused me to pass by all around. And behold, there were very many in the open valley, and indeed they were very dry. What do the bones represent? For us this morning, the bones represent the church. They represent a church that has gone through a tremendous dry season. It represents scattered parts of the church, disjoined and separated. It represents a group of people once active, once alive, now dead and dry. Now I will say this to you, that our church is not dead and our church is not dry. But I'm not talking about our church specifically. I'm talking about the church. And there's too many parts of the church that is disjointed, that is separated, that is disunified, that is not operating, that is in a dry season and needs to be resurrected by the power of Jesus Christ. In our church, there's a lot of spiritual activity here. And I'm thankful for that. But this is what I need you to hear this morning, that our obligation is not just to the people that belong to the river. I said our obligation is not just to the people that belong to the river. God didn't place me here just to pastor the people of the river. God didn't place me here only to speak and influence the people of the river. No, no, no. God sent me here to speak and pastor the town of Burt Burnett. God sent you here as part of the church not to influence the neighbor sitting next to you, but to influence the people that live next to you, to influence people in other congregations, and to influence this city with the power of God. If it stays in this house, it doesn't mean a thing. You didn't hear that this morning. I said, if what God does for us stays in this house, it doesn't mean a thing. It has to go beyond these walls. God didn't place you in this town only to be a part of a local church. God didn't send you here to only influence within the walls of this church. You are part of a greater plan and a greater purpose. God told Joshua, He said, See, I have given this city into your hands. This is our town. I said, This town belongs to God. These people that are in this town, they're our people. They belong to God this morning. And those bones represent the people that are disenfranchised from spiritual life. They represent those who once lived and have fallen. Due to the fiery darts of the enemy. We have a town full of people. Who were once spiritually alive. Serving the purpose of God. But have fallen. Because of the fiery darts of the enemy. Many of them have fallen. Because of friendly fire in the church. Anybody ever been church hurt? They represent a people who once were alive and are now dead. There are people who have lost some things along the way. They've lost their dreams. They've lost their passion. They've lost some promises. They've lost their spirituality. They've lost themselves. They're just bones. Bones, they're just a fraction of what they were once and a fraction of what they were meant to be. And i tell you this morning, they need the church. Those people need the church. They need the church so they can become the church. 
Verse 1 says, The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out into the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. Let me ask you this morning, are you content to dwell among the dead today? Are you content to dwell among the dead today? Are you content to live among the broken, beaten down, disenfranchised, disunified group of people that we live in the town with? Are you not content with that outcome? And you say this morning, I want more for my friends and my neighbors than that. Are you content to dwell among the dead? Because the plan of ministry is real clearly laid out for us in verse 1. And it's the plan of ministry for every person. He brought me out. He's brought me out of darkness and He's established me in His kingdom. He set me down. In other words, He planted me and He assigned me. You've been planted and you've been assigned to a place so that you could do something for the kingdom of God. Get planted. Get assigned. Amen? Find a purpose. Find something that you can put your hand to that produces for the outcome of the kingdom. And then lastly, He made me aware. He's made me visually aware of the needs that surround me. Verse 3, He said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And so I answered, O Lord God, You know. You know. Can these bones live again? Yes, these bones can live again. People that you see today that are so angry and so bitter about church because of the things that have happened to their lives, can they live again? You bet they can live again. There's something of the Spirit of God that speaks deeper than the hurt this morning. There's something about the Spirit of God that goes past the pain and it speaks to the deep parts of who we are and it beckons us back home to where we belong. One of the things that I'm so thankful for about our church is that we have a church full of people who've been hurt. Hurt by church, hurt by people, beat down, discouraged, thought about giving up, and God has wooed them back and brought them to a place of restoration and healing and forgiveness. Amen. I come to tell you this morning that God says the dry season is over. The dry season is over. It's time for old bones to get some new life today. Joel 2.28 says, It shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my Spirit in those days. There's a fresh rain coming on the land. There's some dry bones that are going to start to get some life again. And I need our church this morning. I need you as the church today to believe that the dry season is over. That the church is on the rise this morning. That this is a new season of life. And it is our opportunity to bring that life to this city. It's up to us. Like I told you, I believe it's decision time for the church. Verse 4, again he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of God. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. I will put sinews on you, bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. Man, that's good. Prophesy to these bones, say to them, hear the word of the Lord. Nothing happens until somebody says something. (laughs) I said nothing happens until somebody says something. 
Somebody has got to say something this morning. Political correctness said keep your mouth shut. But God says declare, prophesy, speak. The words of life are on your tongue. They are on your tongue. And the life-giving power of God is transferred through declaration. He says to Ezekiel, prophesy. Say to dead things, live again. Live again. He says, I'll put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you. In other words, I'll give meat and muscle to make those promises come to life. To rekindle passion in you. And to make dreams come to pass. I will cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. I'll ignite new life in you, fresh spirituality. And I will cover you with mine anointing. Then you will know that I am the Lord. You will understand that God is still at work in the earth. It's time for revival. It's time for revival. It's time for Burt Burnett to come home. It's time for God to be lifted high in this city again. It's time for His ways and His truth and His principles to be established in this city. God is at work in this city and He's using you and me to do this work. And I love that God is telling us what He's going to do before He does it. Why? Because He wants you to believe it before you receive it. Everything in the kingdom is experienced that way. It's experienced through faith. My faith and proclamation precede my experience. So I'm asking you today to believe God for what's possible. Believe God for what is possible. Believe. Belief is not complete until it's declared. Belief is not complete. It's not whole. It's not... It's not... It's not... True until it is declared. You have to believe it and you have to say it. I want and I need to hear from you that God is going to use us to shape this community. I need to hear from you that God is going to use you to do something great in this city. I was talking to somebody before church and I was talking about speaking things and bringing it in and declaring it. And they said, I've been doing that in my neighborhood. Praise God, that's what we need. Some people to speak as they drive past their homes and their houses and say, that person is coming back to the kingdom. That person is being set free. That person is being delivered this morning. you got to believe God for what's possible. I want to hear that God is going to make the church the chief influencer of this town. The church, not the river, the church, the chief influencer of this town. Verse 7, so I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise, a suddenly, a rattling, and the bones came together bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came up on them, and the skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. There's a shaking going on. I said there's a shaking going on. There's a noise from heaven. If you tune your ear, you can hear that there's a noise from heaven. There's a shaking going on. God is shaking some things up in these last days. And it is the noise of dead things being awakened back to life. It is the noise of the church rising to the place of prominence and influence. It is the noise of darkness being disrupted today. It is the window of the opportunity for the church that has been signaled we got to move in this season of opportunity. 
The church has got to move in the window of this opportunity. A shaking and a rattling is happening, but that's not enough. That's not enough. All that does is signal the opportunity at hand. It is not the thing. It is the start of the thing. It is the beginning of the thing. It is the announcement of what God is doing. Don't miss that this morning. Let's not let the church go back into complacency. Let's let the church be stirred into action this morning. That just because some things have shifted and we can feel the sense of God working and changing some things in our, in our environment, that we not settle in that and accept that as the thing. Because that's just the beginning of what God is trying to do. We've got to now move in the opportunity. I believe the church is about to be given an open door. And there's a season of liberation in which we must walk, act, and move in the spirit of the living God. And what I'm trying to do as pastor of this church is herald that season. I'm trying to inform you of that season. I'm trying to announce that season for you this morning. And I'm trying to prepare us all to move in that season. God is shaking some things up, but the goal is not disruption this morning. The goal is resurrection. It's resurrection. It's dead things coming back to life. Verse 9, He said to me, Prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as He commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived, and they stood upon their feet, an exceeding great army. There is a fresh and new outpouring of the Holy Spirit that is coming to the United States. I believe that with all my heart. I've been saying that for a long time. And I believe that we're on the the cusp of that, that new era. I believe that God is going to pour out His Spirit in fresh and new ways. Hear me. Hear me. New ways. It may not be what we're accustomed to. It may not function in the ways that we've known. But if we will be in tune with God, we will catch what God is doing and we will ride that wave of His Holy Spirit. Many of us have prayed and believed that God was going to give the United States a great revival. I do believe that is coming and I believe it is starting to happen. Ezekiel says that in that, in that day of revival that they lived, they stood up and they were a great army. I'm ready for God to resurrect the church this morning. I'm ready for God to bring the church back together this morning. I'm ready for us not to fight with the Baptists, but to work with the Baptists. I'm ready for us to get along with the Methodists. I'm ready for us to see uh, common ground with the church of Christ. I'm ready for us to move on this city and do something that matters in the scope of the kingdom. I've never been just about building our church, and you know that. It's not just about our church. It's about building every church in this city. We're not praying for revival in our town. We're praying for revival in the church. Or in this, I mean, in our church. We're praying for revival in this town and in all the churches. It's about God doing a work across the board and across the whole scope of this city and community. Verse 11 said, Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Underline that in your Bible. The whole house of Israel. They indeed say, Our bones are dry, our hope is lost, and we ourselves are cut off. They are the whole house of Israel. They are the entirety 
of what was always meant to be a part of the church. What I'm saying to you this morning is there's a lot of people that are not in church on Sunday today that were always meant to be a part of the church. God ordained them before they were ever born that they were a part of the church of God. That they were meant to be some of the greatest talented people. Some of the most uh, anointed people. Some of the people with the most to offer the church of God are not in a church today. They're backslidden. They're bound. They're down and out. And they're not living for God. It is the important that the church of the living God that still breathes and has breath in their mouth start to prophesy and speak to those people and bring them back in to the kingdom of God. They are the whole house of Israel. God's church is not yet whole. God's church is not yet whole. The whole of the church is not just the ones meeting in churches today across the country. It is the ones that have been discouraged by church, disenfranchised by the church. It is the ones who will never darken the door of the church. God's mission has always been to save all mankind. Somebody say all. All mankind. The Word of God says that He came that all maybe, maybe have life. Pastor Caleb nailed it last week when he said Christ died for all people. Our work is not finished until all people have heard the gospel and been shown the love of Jesus Christ. All mankind. All people. There's a large group of people today that may not say this out loud, but their hearts and lives declare our bones are dry. Our hope is lost. We ourselves are cut off. And I've come to tell you this morning that the church, the church, this being a part of the church, is the carrier of the message that these bones can live again. There are people out there that are meant to complete the house of God. They are part of the whole house. Until they're reached, the church lacks completeness and the church lacks fullness. Morgan, would you come this morning? Jesus didn't come and die on the cross to save a few. He came and died that all. To seeking to save that which is lost. It speaks of an entirety, a, a, a full inclusion of people. Verse 12 says, Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves... I will cause you to come up from your graves and I will bring you into the land of Israel. I will bring you into the fullness of the church. Then you shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up from the graves. I will put my spirit in you and you shall live. And I will place you in your land that you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, says the Lord. Service for all ages on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If you would like to support the various ministries at the river, please go to our giving tab. We would love for you to visit us at 1110 South Preston Street in Burkrenet, Texas. And as always, we encourage you to come experience life with us at the river. Till I found myself.